1: investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's corient.com. That's C O R I E N T.com. com.
2: So I'm back in the village of Hawkclaw. And I've just noticed that these that these soldiers that they said were going coming have arrived and they've built a newly established outpost. Guess I should check in with them, see if they've found anything that needs a hero. Or if you know, just, just gonna say hi, see who's there. Maybe I know them. A newly arrived garrison of Tyson soldiers now occupies the structure that was, until recently, the Hill's Fleet Inn. The moment you step into the building, a young soldier approaches you and bows. He tells you the captain of this outfit, the man overseeing the garrison, is eager to have a word with you. <coughs> The soldier points to a door at the back of the outpost, a door that formerly led into the inn storeroom. You promptly move up to the door and whap against it. Almost immediately, a loud voice from behind it beckons you to enter. You open the door and step into the small room beyond, there, seated at a cluttered table. Apparently taking inventory at the ve- ventry of the various weapons laid across its service, is, uh, is a bearded, graying man. Those intense eyes, swiftly wise to meet your gaze. First glance, you don't recognize him, but he rises and steps toward you, extending his hand to meet you in a shoulder cross. You suddenly realize the man striding across the small room in your direction is Captain Miller who we, pre- <coughs> we previously met the first time Woundskim turned up in Silverwisp. It's been a long road since Silverwisp, he says, slowly nodding as he places his hands on his hips. Well met again, Zoop. If half the tales I've heard about you bear even a hint of troop, it would seem you've found yourself quite busy since last we met. Busy is Good as you can see, busy is how I find myself these days. The captain offers you a steamy mug of payload, and inquires about your recent adventures. When you finish your abbreviated account, he smiles, and tells you who's been given command of this newly established outpost. You learn that following the grim events that took place in Silverwisp, the captain was sent to oversee the outpost, that stands at the northern, northern pass on the edge of the Hart Hills. We saw a little trouble up that way. He says so it looks as if just by wandering a bit south, we found our fair share. I think we can hope to protect the village and some of the surrounding area. I've and still enough for that, but I'd like to hear all about what's recently transpired here. And from what I've been told. And can easily surmise, you're just the man to ask. Over several months of paleo, you provide Captain Moloch with a detailed account of the two recent and, thanks to you, thwarted, Okawak invasions. Listens intently as you describe for him the Okawak, relates him what you know of their origin and their various characteristics. Seems I find myself once again in the thick of it. He says. This marking you saw on us all is something I hoped I would never hear of, hear of, would, wouldn't again hear of, and yet, there it is. I would chance to guess that we'll find more than our share of trouble here before this comes to an end. I would, of course, be relieved to know that you were still inclined to join us, for whatever might lie ahead. You tell the captain he can rely on your help when it is needed... He nods and thanks you. Once this place is in order, I'm certain there will be some things for which I will seek out your assistance, he says. She shows you out of the room. Now, mind you take care and pay us a visit from time to time. Your presence sets the minds and hearts of these villagers at ease. There's no doubt about that. And it brings me a measure of comfort as well. You bid farewell to Captain Millark and leave the outpost. Okay. Somewhere in the Heart Hills, something is happening. There's anything more in the village? Uh, the village council building. The untightly of Curran has dealt a severe blow to the militia. The village elders and Hawklaw citizens are hoping that a newly established garrison in the former hill seat inn will serve to restore a sense of security yeah it should because as a general rule general rule professional soldiers are way better than militias that's just that's just how it is especially village militias (laughs) they usually don't even have they have usually poor equipment, because the village is poorer, <laughs> and can't afford the shite, and can't afford full plate arm, and stuff like that. Nice. So, somewhere in the Heart Hills. Dunstick perhaps? Nope, nothing new seems to be here. Maybe Colinia visit Colina. Oh dear. This, something has happened here, and it's very bad. Smoke rises from the heaps of charred timber that were, only a few hours ago, the buildings of Colina. With your heart pounding, and your every sense alert for the first sign of danger, you cautiously make your way into the smouldering remains of the village. Nothing stirs amidst a heap of blackened timbers, causing you to wonder the people of Corlinia managed to escape the utter destruction that was wrought upon their settlement. Suddenly, as you're passing into what was the heart of the village, you spot movement from behind a towering heap of cinders to the south, Instinctively freeze and turn your gaze in that direction. It's a sinister and all too familiar sight that lurches into view. Stepping out from behind the tall pile of blackened timbers to the south is a lone oak. Rock. The silent wood and iron being moves to the east in a slow, unsteady manner. A quick glance at the Okarok's lower half feels its left leg has been severely damaged. It appears you haven't yet been spotted. Hmm, what's going on here? Guess I should use divination. It succeeded. You sense that danger surrounds the Wurri's village. The large lumber of Otorok are moving into the Wurien settlement from the east. Then I better deal with this one. Because the less Oteruk I face at once, the better. Tack the Oteruk. You slip through the smouldering ruins of Kalalia, moving swiftly up behind the staggering Oteruk. By the time your target becomes aware of your presence, it is too late. You strike the Oteruk a savage blow from behind sending the unsteady menace toppling to the ground. With its white arm now hanging motionless at its side, your wood and iron foe slowly regains its feet and turns to face you. With what strength it retains, the silent, fearless being strikes out at you with its iron-tipped limb. It's a damage otorok. What does this mean? I guess we'll find out. The Damaged truck swipes at you with its iron-tipped arm. No damage. Oh. No damage. Oh, it did... It, it did a staggering blow. The 7-inch. Okay, it can still actually hurt me. It's just it seem, seems it's not scaling. Alright, it is slain. Set 5 xp, you step back from the shattered remains of the otorok. After checking over your equipment, you're about to examine the immediate area when your eye is subtly drawn to movement several dozen yards to the east. Probably otorok. A small band of otorok are moving swiftly and silently into the smouldering wounds of Colonia. Head of the Legion of Eight is a massive, four-legged oak larger than any you have yet encountered. Emblazoned on the upper torso of the towering wooden iron being is a shimmering orange mark, a mark that depicts a clawed hand clutching an eye, the mark of wound skin. The emblazoned Okurok suddenly halts. With unnerving speed, the rest of the advancing horde draws up around you, cutting off any possible routes of escape as they move in to attack. Backing up against a heap of charred, smoking timbers, you bravely engage the first of your sinister assailants. Okay, I'm just going to. Quick combat, these Otorok, because you've seen plenty of them. 9xp. Kicking a spy, the splintered remains of the Otorok heaped at your feet. You quickly turn to face the next of your fearless foes. It's the second Otorok. Quick combat. 9xp. Your silent, fearless foe collapses into a pile of wood and iron on the ground before you. Here's number 3, 9xp, number 4, 6xp, I guess that one didn't have time to adapt, number 5, 9xp, number 6, 9xp, add, ooh, 512 experience to general. Stepping over the shattered remains of its smaller brethren. The towering emblazoned ocherrock is swiftly upon you. Swiping out with its massive iron-tipped limbs. It's a massive emblazoned I'm Going to fight this one manually. The emblazoned ocherrock swipes at you with its iron-tipped wooden limbs. Oh now it's adapted its combat tactics and it stunned me and it tried to stun me but failed. Okay just gonna keep Yep bash 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 Bash-de-bash. bash 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 keep swiping and it is slain for 10 XP. That's combat experience. And then 512 experience to general. With a loud, piercing glow, groan, coupled with the sound of splintering wood, the massive, emblazoned oak rock staggers backwards and topples to the ground, landing on its back with a reverberating thud. In the wake of the brutal battle, you take a few moments to catch your breath and scan the raised village for any further sign of the enemy. Relatively certain you are no imminent danger, you cautiously approach the remains of the giant Okruk. You are surprised to discover there is no longer any sign of the emblazoned mark on the upper torso of the fallen Okruk. I guess this time it didn't rise it again and again, which is for the best, really. After poke you around the remains of the toppled giant for nearly a minute, you're about to abandon the search when you suddenly spot a small flat stone lying on the ground several feet to the right of one of the slain Otorok's shattered hands. Like the stone already in your possession. This one has also been emblazoned with the mark of wound skin, which depicts a clawed hand clutching an eye, believing the item will prove to be of some importance, you pick it up. It's a wound mark stone. It's just like the one I got last time. Yeah. After making a thorough search of the Ways village, and finding nothing to indicate there were any more otorok in the immediate vicinity, you prepare to leave the grim scene of destruction. As you step onto the forest road west of the clearing, you encounter a group of men, women and children. The group, numbering more than a dozen, is at first startled by your sudden appearance. But when they learn of your victory over the strange beings that invaded and burned the village, one of the men steps forward and meets you in a shoulder cross. The bearded, middle-aged man introduces himself as Tremur and tells you that nearly everyone managed to escape from the village, just as the unexpected attack got underway. At least we got our horse, he says, pointing to the mare hitched to a cart. "'that carries three children a part of belongings. "'She'll take us to where we're going.' "'I know nothing of those things, and I never care to,' he says, "'stepping aside with you, "'apparently desirous to move the conversation out of earshot of the others. "'There's now a garrison in Hawklaw. "'If you're passing that way, you must be certain they hear of this. "'The talk of these wooden men has been spreading through the hills.' Through now, through only now, I fear, with my home in ashes, do I at last believe any of it. Tridmere tells you that it was the giant O'Kerrock, though he does not use the name O'Kerrock, who set fire to the village. Flames were hurled out of the mark on his chest, he says. It was obvious from the start we had no choice but to flee. The few that delayed paid with their lives. As he continues his account, you are suddenly struck by the sobering notion that despite the narrow escape from the Otorok, a good number of hardships now lie ahead for the displaced villagers. A sense of anger and frustration washes over you. In a single fleeting moment, in a presence of fourteen souls who stand within sight of their smouldering s- souls, Holmes, you tie the ploughing plight of these frightened, bewildered people directly to the fireless, to the mindless, fearless minions of Korotel, then immediately to the Renegade sorceress herself, and at last to wound skin. You silently vow to avenge the wound inflicted today, You cannot help but think that just a small portion of your own fortune would help to ease the difficulties these people will face in the days and weeks to come. A fateful decision. Inexplicably, you feel your destiny may in some way be linked to the choice you're about to make. So, I can give the refugees 100 gold, 500 gold, or 1000 gold, or I can be a meanie pants. And not give them any gold. However, this... Remember, I do have... 236,893 gold. So, I'm not going to be in any hardship at all. Even if I gave way more than it suggested. I will give them 1,000 gold. Because they've got to get new homes, new jobs... Probably dozens of dozens of things that they had to leave behind. Yes, yeah, it's going to be a big problem. There's probably more refugees elsewhere. One thousand gold. That should help them get started. Ignoring Tumi's expected and polite refusal of your generous offering, gold. We assist he and the others take care and use it as they attempt to get back on their feet, following the recent and cruel turn of events. He at last accepts the gold and takes possession of it. He again meets you in a shoulder cross, thanking you repeatedly. The others in his company, having witnessed your selfless act, step forward and thank you. You bow politely in response. At length, you bid Twemadour and those in his company farewell, wishing them both safety and luck as they prepare to set out on their search for a new beginning. We'll find our spot, said Twemadour, taking his place next to his wife and two daughters. And thank you again, dear friend. We will never forget your generosity. I sincerely hope I can some day repay your kindness. You needn't worry over us. Farewell, and take take care, friend. Standing in the middle of the road, you watch as the large group depart, listening into the sound of their footfalls, and the clattering wheels of their cart pass out of earshot. The silence that descends upon the lonely forest road, in the wake of their departure, is nothing short of unsettling. And that... Finishes this this adventure called the Raising of Colinia. I get five hundred and twelve experience to general, and sixty four experience to all skills and powers. Only a book now. The description of Colinia has changed, and obviously the peddler that I could previously buy stuff from is gone, gone forever. And if there was a certain item that you forgot to get, that's gone. That certain item being being the sword that turns out to be the Blade of Merzak. You better have got that by now, otherwise you're going to be in trouble. You, well, it, does, it, doesn't, it doesn't turn into anything yet, but... You're going to be gutted if they when they finally finish the quest for the blade of Merzac. But, but I'm, I'm sure if that is the case, you could prob, the prob, I think from what it seems, there's ways around that. Only a broad, blackened patch of ground, littered with heaps of charred timber, remains to mark the forest clearing where the village of Kolinia stood. Those who escaped the swift and savage attack of the Utrecht fled north and west into nearby hills, settling into other towns and villages, never again to return to the place they long called home. Yep, it's gone. That village is gone. It's just gone. And there will never be any more quests there. Alright, got to report that. I auto-west. Back to the outpost. A newly arrived garrison of Tyson soldiers now occupies the structure. and was until recently the Hills Fleet Inn. Under the command of Captain Millar, the soldiers are hard at work preparing the former inn to serve as an outpost from which they hope to serve and protect both Hawkclaw and the surrounding region. sixty four experience to General When you relate the grim news of Colenia's destruction to Captain millark it quickly ushers you into the woo, into the womb at the back of the outpost and closes the door. You provide him with a full account of what you witnessed and encountered in Colonia. Several from that village arrived here a short while ago, he says. I've just dispatched two dozen of my men to Colonia. Had I the slightest notion you'd already been there, and quite handily addressed the matter, I might for better, in fact. In fact, I've just done that. The captain calls for a young lad, who bursts through the door and promptly bows. The bearded vessel and tells the boy to catch up with the soldiers heading on the road to Kalinia, and deliver them the order to turn back, throwing a swift nod to an the boy to direct him. The boy turns and strides out of the room, closing the door as he goes. We mustn't spread us so thin, says Captain Millark, sighing as his wary gaze meets your own. We've got work ahead of us, soup Let there be no doubt about that. The captain tells you that the newly arrived refugees from were taken in by Portlaw, and he suspects many of them will likely choose to remain in Hawclaw. These aren't days conducted to small scattered settlements. He says, without the proper wall of a city, of our keep, our hope lies in our numbers, and our numbers should not be small. Captain Millar tells you he once to request, dispatch a request for more soldiers to his commander who is now overseeing the outpost of the northern pass on the edge of the hard hills. He's an old, he's a good man, with a shrewd mind for tactics, he says. He'll see the sense in my request. I think we'll hear the drumming of many feet along the road, outside before long. After a mug of palo, something upon which Captain Milark is most insistent, you bid him farewell. And leave the outpost. And that's it. Nope, nothing new here. Let's see.
1: Hmm,
2: where's the next part? Because it's not over yet. Nowhere near. Hmm, doesn't seem, where could it be, maybe location, hmm, mm-hmm. I know there's something coming up, but maybe it's one of those things where I have to have done something else first. I'm going to pause while I check. Ah, Looks like there's nothing going on in Hawkclaw. I'll just have to travel somewhere else. Oh, wait. A short while ago, worlds away. The edge of the plain of screams in a long forgotten, and likely never known, realm within the dark vastness of the Neverless perched on an outcropping of black rock, sits the fortress of a mighty bone-crowned lord. The sorcerer, which is of course Glenorus, trembled as he approached the august throne. He was not in reality a timid man, though the well rehearsed act had, for so long, served to suit his subtle purposes. Might I ask if there's been any word of Timoney? Gloria slowed nearly everything about the bulky immortal beast, a creature that, to his mind, was utterly unfit to wield the power that fortune had laid at his clawed feet. It's been quite some time since we've heard any. Just the notion of a withering glance. The perceived crease of the seated ogre's leather brow was all it took to stop the sorcerer in mid-sentence. The slight road man, his trembling now more pronounced, swiftly bowed and took a step back. Forgive me, my lord, he said his voice barely above a whisper.
3: I did not intend
2: to interrupt your solitude. I was trying to be terrified, not sarcastic. I guess I'm not good at it, and maybe he's not good at it. Woundskin sighed deeply. The sound, akin to that of a sudden rush of wind, swept through the cold chamber and along the broad, lifeless passage that led to the heart of the Great Fortress. "'Solitude is for now an impossibility,' he grumbled, turning his gaze to the blackened landscape visible through the tall, arched window before his throne. "'You forget, in
3: your vexing simplicity, that your world is but one of thousands upon which my notice must fall. You must also try to remember that I do not need to hear the blathering of your mortal allies to confirm to me my suspicions of your failure.
2: Glorious straightened up and cleared his throat. A sinking feeling washed over him. Ferment, he feared, he at last exhausted the immortal ogre's patience. This would not do. There was too much to be done. The sorceress had painstakingly plotted his insurrection for too long. Oh, yeah, well, you should have seen what happened with Prince Ikor. Just know about that before you plan on betraying wound skin. Just just know about that. Of course you probably think you're too smart to get cut to get caught. And you never know, you might be. And maybe I will I will destroy Woundskin before before you become undone. Or maybe he'll get you before I get him. Either way, you're going down. He's going down but which one of but whether you'll kill him first or he'll kill you first, or I'll kill you both first, that remains to be seen, but either way, no matter how successful your plot is, you're still going down. We have yet to use to loose even a whisper, For are uh, uh, your command, my lord, he said. His voice dripping, dropping into well-practiced waverings. A target's stubborn, insignificance. Will they have drawn some attention? You need only tell me where to strike. Do not delude yourself, Glenorus. Woundskin's deep, sinister voice rolled through the chamber like the rumble of distant thunder.
3: I am not blind to the ambition that cripples you. The ambition that will likely prove your undoing, the ambition that allows you
0: to entertain
3: your increasingly dangerous notions. You are not as, subserv- as subservient as you would have me believe, and not as clever as
2: you hope. The immortal words, were Augur's words, struck fear into the sorceress's heart to a glorious long plan for the possibility that his motives, however masked, would be uncovered. If you'd allow me, my lord, he replied, quickly with gathering gather his wits, well, I, d- I dare to suggest you mistake my piteous envy for ambition. Why would I even attempt to seek out that which is impossible to obtain? A long silence followed his softly spoken words, a smothering quiet, broken only by the expelled breath of the great throned ogre, whose eyes remained fixed on the nightmarish realm outside. Nothing Nothing is is impossible, he said at last, clutching the arms of the great chair, bore his tremendous bulk.
3: When you face a
2: path through eternity,
3: impossibility is tempered by countless iteration. That to which you prescribe impossibility in the finite becomes, in the infinite, most probable. You will be wise, Glynoras to do my bidding,
2: and to fetch over little else." For several long, tense minutes, a deep silence hung over the throne hall. More than once, the great, wound-marked ogre, stirred on his grand chair, giving the impression he would immediately rise. He did not. In the end, he, he, in the end, he broke the unsettling quiet with a heavy sigh.
3: Dispatch
2: the next wave. He stood, still looking out the window before him, away from the frail sorceress.
3: By price again approaches. Let this be the greatest test we have yet cast at him. Go, Glorious, do what I have bidden. Leave me to my
2: solitude, as you command, my lord. did not wait for his response. He knew what would not be forthcoming. Instead, he quickly bowed and hurried out of the chamber, prepared to carry out an order. He dared not disobey, but one he would certainly augment. His plans, intricate in their details, and exacting in their execution, required that he allow his master to be suspicious. The time was drawing nigh, he realised, when even Woundskin, in all his unfavourable might, would prove only a harmless annoyance. The sorceress's long-awaited ascension was nearly at hand. It was to begin today, in Hawklaw. The Present As you approach Hawklaw, moving steadily southward along the meandering road that climbs through the forested hills north of the village, your thoughts turn to the ongoing plight Of those who call this region home. The recent string of grim events. That has plagued the area. Has cast a shadow. Over the hearts of those who live and toil. In the many small sediments. That that dot the heart hills. While you hope that the newly established garrison. In Hawthorne. Commanded by Captain Millark, Will hope to restore a sense of stability, and safely, you remain haunted by the unsettling notion that dar- unsettling notion that darker days lie likely lie ahead. Suddenly, as if to embody your dreadful suspicions, a lone figure lurches out of the forest ahead and comes to stand in the middle of the otherwise empty road. Your pulse quickens as your eyes lock onto the all too familiar wood and iron being. Ah oh, it's another of them. The sudden appearance of a lone otork fills you with profound dread. Fearing that fearful the Hawklaw might already be once again under attack, you move swiftly towards the silent figure of Wood and Iron. Determined to leave it in a heap and reach the heart of the village in all possible haste. You covered less than 10 yards when the Okoruk turns and starts in your direction. On a deserted stretch of road, for folklore, you engage your fearless foe. It's an no Okoruk. Yep, yeah, it's like all the other ones. It's just stunned me bash bash bash, adapted to be an eight plus and is slain nine XV. As the Otora crumbles into a pile of splintered wood and twisted iron at your feet, three more of its silent, fearless kin emerge from the woods and step onto the road. You wholly prepare to face this new threat as the first of Three Ocarocks moves into melee range. Okay, gonna equip the equip that secret weapon. Quick combat, nine XP. Number two, the second Ocarock steps over the twitching remains of the first and attacks. Quick combat, nine XP. You step past the fallen Otorok, and engage the last of your fallen assailants. Number 3. Quick combat. Now I have time to heal. Not waiting to see if any more Otorok will emerge from the forest. You dash along the road towards Hawklaw, Praying with every step, you're not already too late. You're nearly a quarter of a mile from the village when a blue wind portal suddenly appears in the centre of the world. The black vortex, outlined by a thin arc of crackling blue energy, emits a low, steady, pulsing sound. Standing only a few yards in front of the portal, you fur—you quickly draw yourself into defensive stance as the first Okoruk begins to emerge from the Magical gates, inky core. A six-legged Oathrock, the first to emerge from the portal, steps out of the pulsing vortex and strides silently towards you. You bravely hold your ground and engage your fearless foe. I haven't fought a six-legged one before, so I'm going to do this manually. The six legged Otorux swipes at you with its iron tipped wooden limbs. Oh and it's it's adap- it's scaled itself to eleven plus. Oddly enough it fights exactly like all the other Otorux. That's the oh Om- Omdol's oaken what suddenly emits a blazing green glow and it is stunned. Alright, and this one is slain, 17 XP. As your wood and iron foe crumbles into a shattered heap at your feet, you quickly turn your attention to the pulsing vortex. A six-legged otorg, the second to emerge from the portal, steps out of the crumbling, pulsing vortex and and strides silently towards you. You bravely hold your ground and engage your fearless foe. Quick combat against that one. It is slain for another 17 XP as as your wood and iron foe crumples into a shattered heap at your feet. You quickly turn your attention back to the pulsing vortex. Four-legged, quick combat. Another 17 XP, it's the 4th, it's a glowing Otorok, definitely quick combat that one, another 17 XP, 6 legged for number 5, just a regular Otorok for number 6, and just 14 XP for that one, maybe didn't have time to scale. The 7th is another 6 legged one. Six arms for number eight. Now that's too many arms. He's anything but armless. <laughs> I made a pun. All right, the ninth is another six-legged one. 15 XP for that. And 512 experience to general. Suddenly, four Otorok emerged. From the swirling, silent swirling black core of the portal in rapid succession. The four silent wooden beings step away from from the blue wind's gate with a loud crackle. The portal closes. Well This is the last of the, this is the last I'll have to deal with till another portal opens. You watch with growing horror as the four Otorok turn to face one another and swiftly and efficiently begin to remove and reattach their various parts, rapidly forming a massive four-legged wood and iron menace. In a matter of moments, a towering eight-legged Otorok complies the parts of the individual four is swiftly bearing down on you. It's a massive 8 legged Okorok. Ok, I'm going to fight this one manually, probably won't be any different, but maybe it will. The massive Okorok scrapes at you with its iron tip wooden limbs, the oaken wad stuns it and it has become scaled to plus 8. And it is stunned again. Convenient. Tries to stun me. Yep, bash, 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 bash. As massive as it is, it doesn't. it pretty much fights the same. The wad stuns it once more. And it is slain. 74 combat experience. 512 experienced to general. You step back from the tall pile of splintered wood and bent iron and wipe away the sweat streaming down your brow. A grim quiet has replaced the crackle of the energy wind portal, but the silence does not last long. The soft foot crunch of a footfall from behind sets a jolt racing for you. You instinctively spin around, drawing yourself into a defensive stance as you turn. Standing in the middle of the road, and a few yards from you, is a frail, bent man leaning on a tall wooden staff. It is a man you've seen before. A man you are certain is the treacherous sorceress Sorcerer Glenorus Using his name you angrily demand that Glenorus call off the Otro and tell and tell you to what end do he and his cruel master continue to plague these hills with their wooden army. Listen to me, he says in a wavering voice as his eyes narrow. Turn around and continue towards the village, he says. You'll find it no worse than when you last left it. As you pass around the last bet last bend. Pick up what is lying at your feet. Tuck it away safely. Put it out of mind. When it is to serve its purpose, it will do so. Every instinct rising up within you, screams for you to leap forward and strike down the treacherous spellcaster where he stands. Yet, inexplicably, something stays your hand. Suddenly, Glenora straightens up and twirls the tip of his staff. At once, the sorcerer begins to fade from view. You know nothing, he says his voice becoming a shrill hiss as he continues to fade. Perhaps the end you seek are not so different from my own.
3: Remember what I have said.
2: (laughs) That, That sounded ridiculous. With that, the sorcerer vanishes, leaving you alone on the road. Eager to see if he's spoken the truth, you hurry south along the road towards Hawklaw, your eyes peeled for any further sign of the Ottawa. As you round the last bend in the road before reaching the village outskirts, suddenly draw to a halt. There, lying on the ground at your feet, is a thick banded iron wind. You clearly recall Glenorris's instructions to pick up and tuck away the item, for you are now uncertain whether or not you wish to heed this command, Hmm. guess I'll pick it up, if it's bad I'll just throw it away. 64 experience to general, you reach down and pick up the iron wing, it's a wound marked iron wing, finger armour unexpectedly, as expected three miller rating, two standard points, one never reserve. reserved. Engraved on the thick iron band of this wing is a crude depiction of a claw clawed hand clutching an eye, the mark of wound skin. As your fingers close around the cold metal band, a jolt passes through your body. Despite this fleeting, unpleasant sensation, you do not sense the wing is, in it itself, dangerous. With the item mentioned by Glorius now in your possession, you promptly continue towards Hawklaw. Much to relief, the words of Lloris, words of Glorius, are proven true. You find no sign of Otsuak either in or around Hawklaw. To make certain, you speak with several of the soldiers stationed at the newly established outpost, only equipped to tell you that no Otrark have been sighted in the vicinity since you last encountered them in the ruins of Corlinia. With that, you bid your soldiers farewell and make your way over to the stoneback, where you hope to find an empty chair waiting by the fire. 1,024 experience to general. And that puts me in Hawklaw where, where there was a new adventure running called North of the Village. But you know what? We've passed 50 minutes. That's enough for now. So next time, I guess we'll do that one. But until then, Farewell